Welcome to the PQI podcast. This week, we sit down with Natalie Kaufman to discuss the ENCODA Medically Integrated Oncology Pharmacy Residency Program and a recent Cape Cytopene Positive Quality Intervention. Natalie graduated with her PharmD from Regis University in Denver, Colorado, and is continuing her education as a medically integrated oncology pharmacy resident at Florida Cancer Specialist and Research Institute. All right, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us on the PQI podcast today. And I'm really excited to have a special co-host, Cooper Bailey from the ENCODA team. So to start out, Natalie, will you please introduce yourself and tell us about your current role? Thank you, Ginger and Cooper, for having me here today. My name is Natalie Kaufman. Um, I am the MIOP resident here at Florida Cancer Specialist. I am originally from New York, and I attended pharmacy school in Denver, Colorado at Regis University for the last four years, and now am in Fort Myers, Florida here at Florida Cancer Specialists. Awesome. I know we are so thrilled to have you as as one of the first residents. And how are you liking Florida, I have to ask? I absolutely love it. Um, It's very different than Denver, but enjoying the sunshine and enjoying the beach when I can get out. Good, good. And then I'm going to have Cooper introduce himself. And I know the two of your paths, from what I hear, seem to have aligned very closely in, in the cities where you've been and such. So Cooper, will you please introduce yourself and tell us about your role at ENCODA? Yeah, thanks so much, Jens. And as you said, yes, also an alum of Regis University and uh, a past preceptor of of Natalie. So it's it's had a great opportunity to see Natalie really when she started pharmacy school, um, to know her back then, to watch her grow and progress, and then now uh, assume this role as the first MIOP resident. But uh, as I said, I, I lived in Denver, Colorado, as I attended pharmacy school. And then after pharmacy school, I did a, a one-year postgraduate fellowship out in uh, upstate New York at the ENCODA headquarters. After completing the fellowship, I took on the role overseeing our professional student organization. And that's still where I'm at today. Not in New York, though. I uh, moved back to Denver and then up to the Great White North, which I'm currently located up in Calgary, Alberta. So very different than Florida, um, but I absolutely love it up here and and love love Canada as a whole. So I also, uh, as you said, we'll talk a little bit about this more, but I also oversee our MIOP residency program currently. Yes, Cooper has done a, a wonderful job for ENCODA and has carried some really big programs and started some really big programs. So excited to talk about one of them today. And with that, Cooper, will you talk briefly about the MIOP residency program? And I guess probably telling everyone what MIOP stands for is a great start, but will you tell us more about that program? Absolutely. So MIOP stands for Medically Integrated Oncology Pharmacy Residency Program. So this is the first residency program of its kind. Uh, and CODA started to develop this program. It really started with an idea about uh, over two years ago uh, when I was a fellow and we were talking about ENCODA's fellowship and what that brings to the table. But the idea that, you know, he, our, our practices have such valuable training platforms for young professionals. 
And the reality is that over 65 to 70% of all cancer patients are seen and treated at community cancer centers. So our goal was to allow those cancer centers to become training grounds for the future pharmacy leaders. And that's really where the residency program came off the ground. So we have a, a goal of our program. I call it the three C's. Um, maybe it's the three C's because my name is Cooper. But our goal is to create confident, competent, and compassionate pharmacy care providers. So we currently have four practice sites that take residents, which is the Hematology Oncology Associates of Central New York, Florida Cancer Specialists, which is obvious where Natalie is down, Texas Oncology, and then our newest practice will be taking residents starting this year is Tennessee Oncology. So exciting. It's a wide variety, I think, spread, spread out throughout the U.S., so lots of options there. And I'll agree with you, Cooper. I know when I was in practice in community oncology, I would have 100% loved to have a resident um, trained pharmacist from a community practice. So very, very exciting stuff. And then Natalie, why did you choose the MIOP residency? So how did you get involved and know about it and what led you to this position? Yeah. Um, so this is really a unique opportunity. I initially went down the path of pursuing an ASHP residency um, with intentions to then complete APGI2 in oncology. I've always had a passion for oncology and knew I wanted to go into pharmacy oncology, but I didn't really know what that actually looked like for me. Um, and so when I was presented with this uh, MIOP residency, it really connected the dots for me. Um, and like Cooper said, our patients are mostly treated in the community setting. Um, I really enjoy commu the community setting in general. I enjoyed my community rotations in school. I love that connection we get to have with our patients. Um, so this really resonated with me being able to be that point of contact for our patients, um, really being a part of the medically integrated team. You're not truly going to see that everywhere you go. And the more time I spend here at Florida Cancer Specialists, I truly see that value in having a medically integrated team, um, especially in on the pharmacy side and the benefits we can bring to our patients. So that really resonated me. Um, and when I think about where I wanna be in the future, um, you connect oncology, you connect the community setting. And it really just um, was something that as soon as I was presented the opportunity, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity and really happy about where I'm at today. No, that that's amazing, Natalie. And for those of you who, may, or those out there that may not understand what a medically integrated practice looks like, can you talk a little bit about your your typical day to day at FCS, and then maybe some of the rotations you're going to cover, you have covered, or going to cover some of the things you have coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my day at FCS currently, so the year is going to be split through um, half of the year at Arcs to go pharmacy, which is our in house um, pharmacy for Florida cancer specialists. Here at Florida Cancer Specialists, we have over 80 clinics throughout the state of Florida. And um, as we know, our patients often are taking oral oncolytics, so our uh, by mouth medications in addition to their infusions. And so as a medically integrated oncology pharmacy, we have access to the EMR um, electronic medical record for our patients. And we get to really 
be integrated and um, involved in their treatment plans. We receive prescriptions from all of our clinics um, for every single patient, which is growing day by day. And we do our traditional pharmacy checks. So assessing for appropriateness, um, all of the things a traditional pharmacist would do. Um, so I work a lot in the queues, making sure the orders are correct for our patients and appropriate. I also do some patient case workup. So I present patient cases to my preceptors um, and it really connects the dots. You know, oncology is such a big um, just subject in general. You don't, you don't get taught all of the things in school. So I'm really learning as I go and um, presenting these patient cases really connect those dots for me as well. One of my favorite parts of my residency that I'm doing currently um, are what we call initial phone calls or initial assessments. So our patients um, start on a new medication. It's sent to our pharmacy here at arcs to go And um, we give them a call before we ship out their medication to speak with them about, you know, how to take it, what you may expect, really connecting the dots and making sure they're on the same page as their doctor and us as well. And that has been really rewarding. Um, I really, really enjoy that patient contact that really brings in that community setting as well. Um, so I, I look forward to doing more of those, especially as I learn new disease states as well. Um, we are also involved in our care management program. So following up on patients, making sure they're tolerating their medications, um, helping them come up with ideas if they're having difficulties, a huge part of our job here as well. And then in the afternoons, I also have traditional projects as a traditional PGY-1 resident would have lots of topic discussions, journal clubs, patient case presentations. So very busy, um, currently going through hematology, so our blood cancers. And then the second half of the residency will be with our pharmacy operations group. And I'll be focusing more on our solid tumors um, and getting some more administration exposure and being out in the clinics, in the infusion clinics as well. So I would look forward to that as well, having that direct contact with patients. Um, lots of really fun stuff ahead. That is just an amazing, amazing sounding experience. I think it's such a well-rounded residency program. Um, and I know the team at FCS is fantastic. They are always at the cutting edge of what's going on in community farm community oncology pharmacy. And you just have such a wide array of things that you're getting to do this year and pay great patient experiences as well. Absolutely. You did mention some of the extra projects and things, and I know you've had the chance to work on um, a positive quality intervention in its title, Capecitabine, a new approach to dosing and side effect management. It is a fantastic PQI. We'll link it in the show notes. But why did you choose this topic? Yeah, so as I first started here at Florida Cancer Specialists, um, one of the first um, interventions that we I came across, our team has been working on, um, is incorporating our capecitabine different dosing. So specifically, um, capecitabine is used for many different indications. You have metastatic breast cancer, colorectal, um, a handful of indications. 
but specifically in breast cancer, it's prescribed at 250, or 1,250 milligrams per meter squared twice a day. And this is for 14 days and seven days off. And so our team um, with the up and coming literature has implemented the option um, per the X77 trial to have patients have the option to do a fixed dose. So a um, 1,500 milligram twice a day regimen, so considered to be a dose-dense regimen, and this is for seven days on, seven days off. And this has really allowed our patients to have better tolerability to the medication. Studies have shown that um, it's not decreasing efficacy. We've maintained uh, for survival measures and um, decreasing diarrhea, hand and foot syndrome, mucositis, and that's including um, our grade and two two to four toxicities as well. And so um, we incorporated this practice to um, allow our providers to prescribe that fixed dose, um, showing the same efficacy and really emphasizing that we're keeping up with efficacy, but we're allowing our patients to really have a better quality of life, um, decreasing those severe side effects that are real, um, allowing them to tolerate the drug better. So this was one of the first projects I came across, um, really resonated with me, something simple as just changing the dose um, and the, more so the schedule to allow more days off for the patient and how much of an impact in their quality of life that can have. So that really resonated me and with me and I wanted to jump on board with that and um, it's been a great experience to be able to be a part of the PQI um, writing process as well. Yeah, that that's so cool, Natalie. Honestly, it, it it gives me so much joy to hear you talk about all the amazing things you're accomplishing there. Right, just just you know, can't, can't stop smiling and, and all the all the the work you do there. It's so cool. It, it's so cool. You're you're already better than me, and that that's what our goal is here. <laughs> so. I'm uh, talking back a little bit more about the PQI. It also gives information on using uh, topical diclofenac gel to prevent hand and foot syndrome. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about the, the recommendations here and implementing that? Absolutely. Um, and so this is something that I actually, not only have we implemented, but I've been talking to patients about this on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and it's really, really rewarding to be able to provide them this option. So um, another study that's been published recently, the DTORCH trial, looked at using um, our topical diclofenac or uh, brand name Voltaren, might be familiar with it in that aspect, to prevent this hand and foot syndrome. And you might be wondering what's hand and foot syndrome. Um, it can show as a redness, um, possibly even tingling of the skin on your hand, the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet due to capecitabine. It is dose dependent um, uh, side effects. And so also going off of our, our X77, um, decreasing the days on for patients can also uh, prevent this hand and foot syndrome as well. But um, Historically, uh, celecoxib or Celebrex um, has been an option, not necessarily recommended, but it is an option to help prevent this hand and foot syndrome. So studies are looking at, well, what if we use uh, our topical diclofenac, which works similar to our celecoxib, um, but it's a topical gel. So it prevents, um, it's not associated with the cardiotoxicity that our celecoxib is. 
Um, so a lot more uh, better tolerated, less side effects for our patients. And the DTORCH trial showed that it's really effective in helping prevent this capecitabine-induced hand and foot syndrome without causing that systemic toxicity. Um, so it's recommended to apply twice a day. And here at FCS, we also, you know, I mentioned we talk about our initial counselings. We call our patients. This is a big emphasis when talking to our patients who are on capecitabine. Um, hand and foot syndrome is something that can really change their quality of life. So we want to help them understand what it is and prevent it before it even starts as it can eventually develop into more of a blistery or ulcery effect on the hands and feet, um, which nobody wants to deal with. So what I always emphasize, emphasize that we recommend applying topical diclofenac, but we also recommend maintaining moisture. We specifically recommend um, utterly smooth as well. So making sure we're applying them both twice a day, not at the same time. Also talking to patients about how to avoid potential triggers with capecitabine-induced hand and foot syndrome. So making sure your hand and feet are moisturized, preventing excess friction, um, avoiding additional heat. So I talk to patients, you know, maybe this might be your out of doing dishes or making sure we're using your dishwasher and really avoiding that hot, intense heat to your hands um, specifically throughout the day. And so this is something patients can easily grab from their local pharmacy. They can buy it online. And it's another option to help patients really prevent this. And studies have shown to it for it to be effective. And that's really awesome for a patient population to give them another option to help deal with toxicities of their chemotherapy. Thank you, Natalie. I think this one is just such a great PQI because it really is an intervention uh, that pharmacists can make both with the dose and with the, you know, hand and foot syndrome prevention that makes a huge difference for patients. And I have to ask, so I know you all use treatment support kits. Some, um, are you giving patient, what kind of information or products are you giving patients when they start therapy? So, are you sending them um, like the utterly smooth or how do you guys start patients on therapy? Yeah, so we actually send them our ENCODA kits as well for capecitabine, um, which includes, includes some Flexitol cream um, specifically for the hands and feet. We also have Utterly Smooth, which patients have really uh, raved about. It is more of a thicker cream, so we like to recommend, you know, if you don't mind putting on a pair of socks that are okay to get a little greasy, it's a little thicker, but it really keeps that moisture in your hands and feet. So we um, recommend, we actually supply them with that before they get their medication. And then currently we're working on possibly um, providing diclofenac gel. That's um, an initiative in progress. We'll see where that goes as well, um, but it is very relative cheap compared to thing, other options, um, and it's very accessible, which is um, a, a big concern. You know, we don't want to recommend something that our patients can't get a hold of, and so um, I speak to them, you know, if they're not on the internet, they can go to their local Walgreens or CVS and speak with their pharmacist there and they'll help point them in the right direction. And also taking into account cost savings, you know, you don't need to buy the brand name um, 
and even spelling it out for them so they know we don't have it in the actual writing yet that we send out to them um, as this is a pretty new discovery or addition to supportive care but we definitely emphasize the uh, that they do pick up that topical diclofenac gel and apply that twice a day with the utterly smooth and um, patients have called us and told us that they're having you know great experience with that combination um, and haven't been having hand and foot syndrome so it's just excellent to hear and they're so appreciative of our counseling our thoughts to help them deal with the toxicities of their therapy yeah gotta love the cow cream uh it's it's the good it's the good stuff for sure uh, as i like to call it the cow cream um <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to a little bit uh, about the MyOp residency program, for for students out there who may be interested in doing a MyOp residency, what tips would you have for them? Yeah, so the first thing I want to emphasize is to be open-minded and also think about what you want as a student, you know, what do you want to pursue after graduation? And what does that look like? Because those are the questions I was asking myself. I knew I wanted to pursue oncology, but what does that look like for me? Um, do I want to be in a hospital setting? Do I want to undergo two full years of residency and then really start my career in oncology? Um, the MyOp residency is a really, really unique opportunity. Jumping right into oncology right after school was honestly quite a dream come true. I had always had dreams of following um, in the paths of oncology pharmacy and for that opportunity to come by, um, just really want to emphasize, think about where you want to be and what does that look like for you. Um, maintain an open mind for sure. Um, allows you to, I was not planning on going to Florida after living in Denver. You know, it's it's hot, but this opportunity came by and um, I just was open-minded and, you know, couldn't pass it up, couldn't pass it up at all. And so maintain an open mind, um, carry a positive attitude for sure, um, and really emphasizing what you wanna do, what are your goals? Um, residency can bring you to so many different places, but where do you see yourself in the world of oncology, making a difference, being happy? Um, and for me, that was the MyOp residency. I love that answer, Natalie. And I will say Florida is for sure hot, but <laughs> I think you should stay when you're done. So yes. we try to recruit everyone. Maybe Cooper someday will leave the great white North and <laughs> come to Florida. Well, if you ever get too hot, you're welcome to, you're welcome to, <laughs> to wander up North. It's, yeah, uh, I, we I think our whole team is a... wandering up North, uh, in December for some reason. So I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried you. too. So. I'm worried. Being on site is absolutely awesome. Being here in Florida with such an amazing team. I have so many mentors I can go to. And as a, a prior student, you know, I was thinking, well, what, did, what would it be like to be the only resident? Most programs have at least, you know, two, four, et cetera. Um, is that something I want? But I absolutely love it. I have so many mentors um, to go for help, to help me learn. Um, and as we grow the program, that might change as well. But 
regardless of the number you have, the staff here is absolutely amazing. Um, really involved and interested in your growth as a person and a pharmacist. So, you know, Florida, Florida may have my heart. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. If anyone can make you stay, I think it's the team down there. So. Absolutely. Um, and Cooper, how can students find out more information about this wonderful program? And then how can they apply for next year? Absolutely. So there is information always on our MyOp Residency webpage. So if you go to the encoda.org uh, web, website, you can go to the Get Involved tab. And then under the Get Involved tab, you will find the MyOp homepage that discusses a little bit more about the program, talks about some of the application deadlines, as well as the timeline for application. But uh, for students interested, applications will open up November 1st. So exciting that uh, applications will be open up just here in a couple of weeks. We do have great opportunity and information always at our Oncology Career Symposium. So students really interested, I definitely encourage you to visit there. We do have some on-site interviews taking place as well as to get ahead of the game. So uh, also, if you have any further questions or would like to chat, you're welcome to reach out to myself. And I'm sure Ginger can put my email in the show notes. So great. Uh, tons of opportunities. I'm sure Natalie would, would be happy to chat as well if you have any Absolutely. further questions for her. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And I, yes, I will put the link to our site and I'll also put your email address um, in the show notes, Cooper, so people can reach out. And then, so Natalie, we have one final fun question. We ask all of our podcast guests and then surprise Cooper, I'm going to include you and you can answer <laughs> this one too. Um, so whoever comes up with their answer first can go first. But if you could give your 18-year-old self, and I feel like both of you are so darn close to that still, but <laughs> what one piece of advice, what would it be? I can go first if you want. Um, you know, it's going to sound corny, but follow your dreams and chase your passions. Um, I knew I always wanted to do oncology, and um, I just followed it. I Op was open-minded to things that could allow me to grow into that space and surround yourself with people that enrich you as well. Um, seek things out to improve yourself and the people around you. Um, really hang on. It's going to be a ride, but use your network, use your friends, your family, and really just chase your passions and um, things will fall into place. I don't think that that sounds corny at all. I think it's fantastic advice and I have Two, two little ones, and I think I could record you saying that, and that would be <laughs> great, great advice for them to take in the next several years. So thank you. And then Cooper. Yeah, to go along with what Natalie said, I, I think the biggest for me is just trusting yourself. And if you have a good idea, if you have a passion for something, a goal in mind, um, you know, and be be passionate about it, do it to the best of your ability. But don't be discouraged when people tell you you can't do something or you're not good enough or it's not going to work out in your favor. Uh, so I, I think that's that's always going to be my advice. I think uh, I, I learned that lesson all the time working at Encoda, but just my path to go from from Denver to to New York, back to Denver, 
and now uh, up to Calgary and and have permanent residency up here. And I uh, just used my, my health insurance up here. I mean, that was an amazing day. I tell you what, uh, one one of the best days ever. I tell you, but truly, yeah, just just uh, you know, it's it's kind of back to the old say, you know, don't don't always listen to the haters, but uh, believe in your ideas. If you're passionate about it, you can do it to the best of your ability. I think it'll be successful. Um, and, and that goes to careers, to ideas and sports, anything, you know, f- find something that you can, you can put all your energy into, do it to the best of your ability and don't listen to those people that may tell you otherwise. I love it. That's great advice too, Cooper. And I, I know you had to work a little bit hard to get that Canadian. Uh, <laughs> so, I think yeah. it, it was iffy for a few, for a few weeks here, it seems. So yes. dedication. dedication. Yes. <laughs> that was dedication. Um, well, thank you so much, both of you for being on the podcast today, Cooper. It was a pleasure to have you co-host. I think we're going to have to maybe make you a regular um, and <laughs> Thank you for the work that you've done in building the residency program, because I think it's going to be so valuable for both students and practices. And then Natalie, thank you for being willing to be the first resident. And thank you for everything you're doing for patients at FCS and all of the great work um, for ENCODA as well. So I, I can't wait to hear about the rest of your year there and how, how everything goes and what's next. So thank you both. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ginger. And and thanks, Natalie. I, I built the program for for people like you, right? So it's uh, it's just such a pleasure to have you be a part of it, and be especially being the first, right? You start us off strong, and that's that's huge. Yes, it is quite an honor to have been selected to be one of the first ones and um just very thankful for the opportunity and very exciting things ahead. So really looking forward to the growth. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the PQI podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Natalie. You can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and on encoda.org. That's encoda.org. You can also find us on Instagram at the PQI podcast. We hope you tune in next week for another edition of the PQI podcast. Thanks, everybody.